Chance is a funny thing. It is a vitally important part to all our lives which we never measure or address. It can be the difference between accepting our opportunities or squandering them. It's often the major factor in our dreams becoming realities or staying as dreams. And we have no real control over chance. It appears and conducts itself before we have had the chance to address it or recognize it. Some refer to it as fate, but fate implies it can be pleasant. This is not a story of fate. In the town of Veriki in Czechoslovakia in 1914, the Jewish couple of Aaron Hirsch Steinberg and Bertha Roth were beginning life as young and happy newlyweds. As they manoeuvred through the usual issues of life, a new dark cloud began to form in the distance. The cloud did not yet have a name but soon it would be referred to as the Great War and the war to end all wars. As it swept across continental Europe, it brought with it the doom. The destruction of mankind. The horrors of humanity would engulf the continent. The bestiality of survival in war was to become a daily reality for many. For those far away from the front lines, the war was still a very real experience for them too. The decisions made by the inbred cousins of the royal families across Europe led men to walk to their slaughter on a daily basis and those left at home to starve to death if they were lucky. It was as this time began that Aaron and Bertha welcomed some of their seven children into the world. One of them was given the name Esther, although she was known to all as Etty. For four years, three months and two weeks, holy hellfire rained down across Europe. When the horror finally passed and relative peace spread across the lands of hell, Aaron and Bertha were in a position to look out into the world and see what was on offer to them. They were able to seek opportunity and peace. More importantly to them, they were now in a position to better the lives of their children. They took the chance and moved across the lines of what was once no man's land across the continent. 
When they reached the edge of it, they kept going. Across the waters, on the edge of Europe, the once wild island of the Hibernians was beginning to settle into peace. The people of Ireland at this point had watched Dublin burn as the British warship the Helga brought the great city to rubble. They stood by the brave men and women of rural Ireland standing up to the Black and Tans and witnessed them send them back to the Empire with their tails between their legs. They saw brother turn on brother, sister on sister, as the future of Ireland was decided by the bloodshed of our own. It was in this new nation, which had exploded into a state of peace and opportunity, where Aaron and Bertha, with their young family, settled into number 28, Raymond Terrace, just off Dublin's South Circular Road. It was in this home, as Ireland unfolded, that the remainder of the family was born, and they raised their seven children in relative peace. Etty loved Ireland. She went to school in St. Catherine's School in Donor Avenue nearby her home. Here she learnt of Ireland's past, she learnt the language and she played the ancient Celtic sports and made many, many great friends. She was a very bright girl in school and worked very hard to achieve good grades. When she reached the age of progression from St. Catharines, she moved to a secondary school in Malahide on the other side of the city. In Malahide, she enjoyed playing on the nearby beaches, watching boats go by, and as time trickled on, without warning, she grew into a fine young woman. When such time allowed, Aaron and Bertha took their children to the local government offices, and together they all proudly applied for and were granted Irish citizenship. It was a very happy day for the family. They had embraced Ireland and Ireland had embraced them. The nation who left home to be embraced by the world had opened its arms to do the same for others. From this point on, all the family referred to themselves as both Czechoslovakian and Irish. When Etty eventually left school, she found she wanted to work in a job where her creativity would flourish. It was in the creative classes in school where she found she did her best work and she wanted this to continue to a level where she could earn a living from it. She went on the hunt for a creative job for quite some time until one of Dublin's best seamstresses took her on as an apprentice.
Etty worked very hard here to earn her training and she was well liked by both her employer and the customers. When she qualified, she was gifted a suit by her trainer, which she absolutely treasured. She was noted as a very polite and friendly lady to all who entered the store. She was also noted for being extremely beautiful, quite tall, and she had a slim build. The men of Dublin who visited the store often tried to woo Etty. While she enjoyed the attention, none took her fancy. That was until a young man of Romanian origin set his eyes on Etty. His name was Wojciech Gluck. Wojciech was the son of wealthy goldsmiths living in Belgium. He also was Jewish and had relocated to Dublin in a bid to further his parents' business. Etty and Wojciech grew madly in love with each other. After some months of courtship, the two married in Greenville Hall Synagogue in Dublin in 1937. It was a wonderful day. Some of Wojciech's family came from Romania and Belgium for the event, but the crowd was packed with Etty's friends from Dublin. Her family, school friends and colleagues filled the synagogue. Many of her friends and colleagues had never been to a Jewish religious event before, but they thoroughly enjoyed the novelty of it. Not long after the wedding, the young couple moved to Antwerp to run Wojciech's family business from the main offices. Etty was sad to leave her home in Dublin, but vowed she would return frequently and often. They settled in well to their new home in Antwerp, and Etty, true to her word, returned to Dublin as often as she could, with some of her Dublin friends going the other way also on occasion. After a very happy start to life in Belgium, a dark cloud began to form in the distance. This cloud was different to the one her parents knew. It was not one born out of total greed and envy. It was not formed as a result of a family feud. This cloud was a cloud of a vile, unjustified and unreasonable hate. The cloud was the spread of the ideals of Hitler. As his regime of horror and persecution began to spread in Europe, the Jewish people in what was known as the Low Countries began to fear its approach. 
Etty and Wolczyk decided it would be safest for them to leave their home and they escaped to Paris for sanctuary. They could not go any further than France as if they were to reach a border they could be easily identified as Jewish and taken by the Nazis. They wrote to their family in Ireland in the hope that they might be able to get them safe access back home as Irish citizens. Having left most of their belongings behind for fear of what a delay might mean to their lives, they did not have much with them apart from the clothes on their backs. Whilst in Paris, Etty fell pregnant. In March 1939, their son Leon was born. At the moment of his birth, Leon was immediately identified as an Irish citizen. For safety, the family spent two years moving from place to place across France to avoid persecution. They eventually settled in the south of France in an area which they felt was safe for them to live in. Not long after settling here, however, the puppet regime of the Nazis in France began rounding up Jews on Hitler's orders. As this was happening, Etty continued to write home in the hope the Irish government could provide a safe passage for them to return to the safety of Ireland. Her family took her letters and story straight to the government. They could not get a completely safe passage back for them, but they were able to get visas granted which would allow them to travel back to Ireland through Belfast. Etty's family took these visas and ran to the post office. They stuck them in the post box as the ink was still drying. On the 5th of September 1942, the visas arrived to where Etty and her family were hiding. It is now my unpleasant task to tell you that their efforts were in vain. For on the previous day, just a mere 24 hours before their tickets home arrived, Etty and her family were found hiding in a hotel in Toulouse. They were dragged away kicking and screaming and thrown onto a train. That train was bound for Auschwitz. Before they were dragged away by the most evil of evils, Etty had stuck in her pocket a pencil and a piece of paper. On the train, bound for the place where the unspeakable happened, Etty wrote a quick letter and shoved it out a window.
By chance, a passerby found the letter and saw that it was addressed to 28 Raymond Terrace, South Circular Road, Dublin. This person took the letter and posted it to its final destination. The letter was a note written in code. This code read, Uncle Lekem we did not find, but we found Uncle Tishabav. The two uncles in the code were references to two stories from the Jewish faith. Lekem referring to an angel and Tisha Bav referring to a number of disasters in Jewish history. In short, once decoded, the letter read, We did not find peace, but we found destruction. On the 4th of September 1942, it is believed, Etty and her family were immediately executed. Etty and her dear baby son Leon are remembered today as the only Irish people to have perished in Auschwitz. Today's music was written, performed and produced by myself, Ryan O'Halloran. The story was researched and scripted by Oren. If you want to help to support this podcast, you can buy us a coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash we the Irish or leave us a review on your podcast app. Ryan Isanam Dunn, Gurav Mahakut. Slonanish.